We are continuing our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, and today we look at the line of the Lord's Prayer that has caused scholars and historians much strife through the years. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some of you have seen this before, but I think it's a fitting way to begin our study this morning of temptation. That's your... All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow, for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you another one, so then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? okay. All right. I'm gonna go do something and then I'll come back. It smells yummy. Oh, it smells really To be human is to experience temptation. It's part of our life. Did you know that when we are being tempted, there is a hormone released in our brain? And then if we give in to the temptation, an even better feeling hormone, dopamine, is released, and we do get immediate pleasure. So did God create us to be tempted? The other part of the real human experience is that there is evil in this world. We know that this is because God has given humanity the capacity to choose to have free will, and when we can choose, there must be an option that is against God. And so it is very real that evil is around us and amongst us. So did God create us to do evil? There is a major difference between temptation and evil. God created us with the ability to be tempted because that is actually how we grow. We experience resistance. We endure. However, temptation in and of itself is not bad. Temptation isn't evil. Think about the video. If the children in the video had eaten the marshmallow, they hadn't done anything wrong, and, and the woman who was doing the test wasn't trying to get them to do something evil. We saw, though, that there was a consequence if they were willing to endure the temptation. They got another marshmallow. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And this is a prayer with a growth mindset. Have you ever considered why we pray, lead us not into temptation? As if God would lead us into temptation? That God might be leading us into something that is bad or difficult? We have much to learn 
about this line of the prayer. And to help us with that, we are going to turn to a letter in the New Testament from James in the first chapter. Before we do so, will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, all of our preconceived notions of what evil is and what we saw happen in this past week when it comes to evil, God, may we just kind of let it fall and hear what your word tells us, a difficult truth, but a reality amongst us and how we as followers of Jesus can endure. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Here now from the first chapter of James, he says, blessed is anyone who endures temptation. Such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. No one, when tempted, should say, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it. Then when desire is conceived, it engenders sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In English, the words trial, test, temptation are all the same Greek word in our New Testament or a variant of it. So when you see that, it interchangeably can be used as as something that is meant for resistance, something that is meant to lure you into something evil, but it is all this same word. Temptations, trials, and tests are not something that we can avoid. God actually allows them, encourages them, because for some reason, it is in that resistance that we grow. So the question for us today is, do we want to grow in our faith? Do we want our faith formed? A year from now, do we all want to look back and be like, yep, we're exactly the same place we were? Not me. I don't want that for any of us. James says that there is blessing when we endure temptation. To be sure, he didn't say, you will receive a crown of jewels. You will receive a crown of friendship. You will receive a crown of gold. No, you will receive the crown of life. And it harkens me back to John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you would have life abundant. That is the crown of life that you receive. It is blessings for today. It is the blessings of peace and joy, the blessings of contentment. Jesus was tempted. The scriptures are very clear that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert. Jesus was led by the Spirit of God into the desert to be tempted. And the first thing that Satan tempted Jesus with was stuff. He had to have been hungry. It was 40 days and 40 nights. Satan comes up to him and says, look at this rocks. Can't you turn it into bread? And Jesus says, no, it is, I only live. We, the, the Son of Man only, only lives on the Word of God, not by bread. 
He resists the temptation. The second thing that Satan tempts him with is to abuse his power. Because Jesus has it all. And he takes him to the top of the temple up there and he says, okay, Jesus, I want you to, to throw yourself off the temple and let's see if God catches you. And Jesus resists and will not let his power be abused. And then lastly, Satan brings him up on the top of a hill. And he says, look at all of this. All of this can be yours if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, no, I will worship one God and serve that God only. With each temptation, Jesus resisted. With each temptation, his life was, was solidified that it could not be rooted in material things. His life, as much power as he had, could never be used to harm or abuse himself or other people. And with each temptation, he was reminded there are going to continue to be so many opportunities in this life to worship other gods, and I'm going to resist them. I am convinced that without that battle with Satan in the desert, Jesus would not have been able to resist all that, was, that came at him from all the sides, all of the pressure, all of the temptations. It was because he had battled and resisted and grown. When we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, this is a prayer for endurance. This is a prayer that says, I wanna grow. Lord, do not let me give in. Lord, I want to grow in my faith. Now, while the video that we saw, it gives a darling, precious, endearing example of temptation with harmless consequences. I want to be sure that we realize the seriousness of what Jesus asked his disciples to pray. Deliver us from evil. The reality is that there is a lot of evil in this world. Evil that seeks to steal and kill and destroy. Evil that can have names. Terrorism kidnapping of innocence, evil that says one bomb for another bomb, one rocket for another rocket, hate for hate. This is evil. This is not God. And James is really clear. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does God tempt anyone. One is tempted when, by one's own desire, is lured and enticed by it. God never attempts us to do evil, no matter whose side you are on, whether in war between nations or political parties or religions or even in families. At no point does God ever authorize violence, even and especially when it's extreme wrong has been done. Do y'all remember what we talked about last week? Right before you pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation. What did we pray? We pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We come into the prayer, into this, this field of force of forgiveness, and then we say, lead us not into temptation, even though we are justified to do so. As followers of Jesus, we must resist temptation to do evil. Jesus did. 
There have been so many wise people who I am just fortunate to have come into my presence through the years who have been willing to share with me what they learned from not resisting temptation. One man I know decided in his early 40s he was going to go ahead and admit to his family, to his church, that he was an alcoholic. I was so surprised when I found out about it because I didn't think he was a heavy drinker. He just drank like all of us did. He drank at parties. He drank on the weekend. And as he's sharing this with me, he's like, yeah, but my day began to get centered around the drinking. And when was that going to happen? And everything else kind of had to fall within this. And so I asked him and talked with him a year into his sobriety. And I said, how is it going? And I love what he said. He said, you know, the first were the hardest. The first Thanksgiving without wine. Those first Christmas parties without that cocktail. The first time one of my friends died and I couldn't drink to numb away the feeling. But with each passing milestone, he said, I just grew stronger and stronger in resisting. Stronger and stronger in who I was in Christ. He had to make a daily choice to let God not lead him into temptation and to deliver him from evil. Another woman I know found herself sharing at a deep level what was going on with her and her life with someone in her workplace. And she and this man, they really grew close in their emotional connection with one another and they, they ended up communicating a lot outside of work and sharing with each, each other stuff that they weren't sharing with their spouses. And she found herself dependent on him, wanting to be with him when she was away with work. And she realized, I'm in a full-blown emotional affair. She did not want to lose her marriage. And so she made the tough choice to leave her excellent, high-paying, prestigious job where that person worked. She chose to not let God, to, to let God lead her, not into temptation, but to deliver her from evil. Temptation is so hard. It is sometimes excruciating. And Jesus knew this. All of us experience it daily, and we're not going to reach a point in our lives where we're done. We can choose to see it as an endurance opportunity for resistance training that can grow our faith. The scariest thing will be that we think we can just ignore it or bury it or wait until the next year or that we can escape from those things that tempt us. One of the ancient brothers in the desert community had a problem with anger. And so he resolved to himself, I'm going to go and I'm gonna live somewhere by myself. And since I won't be able to talk or listen to anybody, my anger will go away. And so he went out and he, he found a cave and he lived in the cave alone. And then one day he went and he filled his jug with water. And he set it down on the ground and for no reason, the jug fell over. He picked up the jug again and he went back and he filled it with water and he set it down and again, the jug fell over and a third time. And in utter rage, he grabbed the jug and he smashed it against the cave wall. 
no longer having a receptacle to get his water by. And when he came back to him, himself and to his presence in his right mind, he knew that the demon of anger had mocked him. And he said, I will return to the community because wherever you live, you need others. You need effort and you need patience and above all, you need God's help to do it. May it be so in my life and in yours.